everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. Guys, it's episode five. That means if you have been with me from the beginning, we have already finished our first month. I can't believe it. If you're brand new, then I'm so glad you're joining me today. You know, this is your go-to podcast for anyone who's craving fresh ways to apply God's word to your everyday life. Maybe like me, you've wondered sometimes, how the Bible really is relevant for today, well, you're not going to have to wait much longer because this entire month I am going to be sharing about some of my favorite women in the Bible. I actually wrote about their stories in my latest Bible study, Fearless, Ordinary Women of the Bible Who Dare to Do Extraordinary Things. So if you're ready to find your fearless and step into God's call on your life, you will love their stories. I have two amazing special guests this month. Tammy Trent, worship leader, speaker, and author will be with me next week. You do not want to miss that conversation. We talk about the life-changing experience she had losing her husband, Trent, and how God has sustained her and helped her to hold on to hope and learn to breathe again. It will be an unforgettable conversation. Then later this month, I sit down with author and worship leader, Carrie Cardinale, and she talks candidly about her past struggle with sexual identity and how God loves us, finds us, redeems us, and how he can use us for his glory if we will just simply walk in obedience. So both of those conversations are riveting. During the entire month of March, I am partnering with E3 Kids International President Carol Turner to help Kenyan women find their fearless. I'm going to let you hear in her own words how you can partner with us to give 300 copies of Fearless to women in Kenya this summer. Right after you hear from Carol, I'm going to introduce you to Rahab, one of the fearless women in the Bible that I wrote about in this very study. Carol is the founder and executive director of E3 Kids International, which is a local nonprofit right in my own hometown, having a global impact for Christ. She has over 20 years of missions experience in Kenya and multiple Central American countries. Her love for Christ and her passion for serving others brought her to start E3 Kids in 2009 after visiting Kenya to deliver money she'd inherited to Royal Kids School, a Christian school in the heart of a Muslim area. You're going to hear her talk about that in just a moment. Then in 2016, E3 Kids' work expanded to include Guatemala, working with Safe Haven Village with family-style orphan care at Hope of Life International. Guys, I don't want you to miss out on partnering with us. You can visit AngelaDonatio.com. You have two options. You can buy one, give one. That means you get a copy of Fearless for only $10 and they get a copy of Fearless for free. Or if you already have a copy, as a lot of you do, you can simply buy two for 20 and both of those copies signed with love will make it into the hands of fearless women this summer. I want you to hear all about it from Carol. Oh, thanks for having me, Angela. It's wonderful to be here. Well, I know you personally. I have been blessed to know you for a number of years and know your family. And I know the work that you do in Africa and other countries as well. But for people who don't know anything about your story, can you tell us kind of what led you to even start E3 Kids International? 
Oh, it's a great story, Angela. Um, I had been in the trenches of raising my girls and um, had always had a passion and a heart for missions and had done extensive mission work in my 20s. But in my 30s and 40s, I was um, at home with my kids um, who were recovering from various uh, medical issues. And um, I inherited um, some money from my father-in-law and I um, had met um, this missionary just a couple months prior to that um, from Kenya and her name was Grace Nagao. And she was my bunkmate in um, a retreat center that was for my kids that uh, went to Fredericksburg Christian School here in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And they took the whole entire school into the mountains and had a wonderful retreat. And I was a parent and I was working um, the retreat and Grace had been invited over to come and see because she had started a school in Mombasa, Kenya area. Um, in the year 2000, and I think this was like 2007. So she was just getting into her eighth grade year and uh, wanted to know how to start high school. So I met her and was just enthralled of the work that she was doing. And she had given me a bunch of cards that had kids' pictures on them and said, these kids need sponsored. And I said, wow, um, I don't know if I can do that right now, but I will pray about it. About a year later, we got involved with them um, more when the civil arrest happened in 2008 with Kenya. And I had inherited some money um, and I wanted to give that money to Grace. But my husband said, why don't you go over, check out the ministry, make sure it is what they say it is. And I said, okay. And uh, off I set off with my daughter and a photographer um, to Kenya because I knew God was doing something bigger. And I knew that I wasn't sure exactly what it was, but I knew that he wanted me to get involved with Grace Miguel. When I got to Kenya, I realized that the need was so much bigger than the amount of money I had. And one of the first things, issues I tackled was um, looking at, they didn't have a well. I had hauled water for an entire day and they were 40 pound jerry cans. And I called my husband and said, hey, please send me $8,000. They need a well here. It's amazing how they operate a, a large school without any water. And my husband said, no, I think God is doing something bigger. And we went back and forth on this for a long time as I went back in a courtyard and the Kenyans can still remember that today, that conversation. But I was so glad I listened to my husband, came home and started E3Kids International. I met 16 kids that were going into eighth grade that had no opportunity to go on to high school. They had, most of them were orphaned or had one parent with, um, that's where my first 25,000 got invested, was in the lives of these 16 kids. And since then, um, we have um, hundreds of kids have been educated, uh, thousands have had the opportunity to go to school, and I would have never dreamed 10 years ago that we'd be sitting here where we are today. Wow, that's so amazing. And, and you and I share a love, 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 love for Africa. Mm. And I know you've been back many times, Carol, and you do more than just the education. I know you, you have a lot of products you brought back. I know you work with water filtration systems. There's a number of things, right, that you've kind of yeah. branched out to doing now. Well, once you see the enormous need and when someone looks you in the eye and says, how can you help us, you're kind of compelled to say, how am I going to help them? And we have gotten involved in building kitchens for and dorms 
platforms and buildings for the school. Uh, but but of recent, we've gotten in, involved more with the water, as you said, because um, our, our kids were sick. The teachers weren't able to come to school, and um, I needed to look for a solution because I was charged with that from a principal that looked me straight in the eye and said, we just lost one of our own. How can you help us? God provided using a water filter, and it's been a um, life-changing for our school in the past year. You've also been now partying with women. I know you're going back to Mombasa this summer for a women's conference, and that's kind of where you and I have started to partner specifically for a project this summer. So can you share about that? And we'll mention how our listeners can be involved. Absolutely. We started partnering with some of the area churches in the um, the area of Mikandani and Jamvu. There are four Muslim slums around our school. And one of the ways that we found that the church um, reaches out to these women is through food bags and hygiene bags. And so we started getting involved, E3 did, and the six women that are going this summer have been asked to come to lead a women's conference to draw these women in. We will go out and deliver food bags and invitations and um, hygiene kits to these homes and we hope to bring them in. And the pastor has already started advertising this, and it's in June. Oh, I love and, that. And so they're so excited. We are too. And the reason I felt like we could partner is because I love the reckless abandonment that the women in Africa have for Christ. And they have this fearless in them. But there are a lot of women there that don't. And when I did your Bible study, it just unleashed something in my, in my heart and in a couple of the other leaders that are going. And we just said, this is the book God wants us to bring to these women. We want to empower the pastor's wives. We want to empower those women that know Christ to be able to bring out their fearless, but then also to be able to help these young mothers, these young women find their fearless in Christ. So what Carol and I have, have kind of put our heads together, me as the founder of Voice of the Voiceless, Carol is the founder of E3Kids International. We are part, and we've already started it with our some of our local women, where you can give a copy of Fearless to one of these women that she is going to be going door to door that will be at this women's conference. We want to give at least 300 copies mm -hmm. of Fearless. She, she and her team are personally taking them. And I will sign each one of them, and we are going to make sure that these women find their fearless in Christ. So when you go to AngelaDonatio.com, you will be able to have options there. You can make a donation and simply just donate a book, or if you don't have a copy, you can buy one and give one. So this entire month, that's what our focus is going to be, so that by the end of this month, we want to have 300 books at least purchased and set aside for these beautiful women, these Kenyan women to find their fearless. And Carol, I just pray for you and for these team of women that you have going with you, that God would just so empower you and equip you to minister you. to the needs of the women there. And I'm so honored that you are, I'm, I just love the concept of these beautiful women of the Bible that I studied and came to know so well, that now, you know, you're, giving this gift to them um, that they would otherwise never have. They would That's never right. be able to, and it's something that they're going to treasure to have a book of their own that was signed to them. So, and, and for people that want to know more about E3 Kids, how can they find you and find out about the ministry? 
Well, e3kids.com is our website. We'd love to, for you to visit us there. You can also email, email me at carolt at e3kids.com. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, so if you don't have a copy of Fearless, you can buy one, give one. If you do, then you can just simply hop on there and say, hey, I want to be a part of helping Kenyan women find their fearless and blessing Carol and her family and E3Kids International and the amazing work that they are doing in Mombasa and other places. So Carol, thank you. Thank you for being my guest today. And I am just so honored to partner with you. I cannot wait to hear after you come back, all the amazing stories you're going to share. Absolutely. Can't wait to share with you, Angela. One of the women they're going to meet is Rahab the prostitute, and I want you to meet her today. She's our travel guide to visit the ancient city of Jericho. She reminds us that we can get out from under anything that's trying to bury us. She let grace tear off labels, and she refused to let anything diminish her value to the kingdom of God. See, our past doesn't have to paralyze our future. We don't have to live suffering in the shadow of shame or taunted by regret. When God intersects our story with grace, we can trade our bruised identity for a bold beginning. Faith pulls us out from behind walls and propels us into our calling. When I wrote about these women, I imagine what they might have looked like in their homes, their personalities, and I want to read you a little section of session two from Fearless. Rahab brushed her long chestnut brown hair and pulled it taut at the nape of her neck. She tied it firmly with a crimson ribbon of fabric and felt her shoulders twinge from holding so much tension. Her hands dropped heavy into her lap as her frame exhaled deeply. She closed her eyes and allowed herself to imagine what it might be like to be somewhere else, any place where she mattered. She couldn't remember the last time she wasn't tired. It was bad enough to be trapped inside a city where no one could move in or out, but she knew it was her own choices that entombed her the most. She pressed her hand against the door built against the city wall. So close yet impossible, she thought with resignation. She longed for a fresh start and wondered if a conversation she had overheard just days before might hold the answer. We must remain vigilant. We have enough supplies to last through a siege, even if it goes on for a couple months, she had heard. With what the Israelites have done to our neighbors, we can't risk them infiltrating our city. And after their escape through the Red Sea, who knows what could happen next? The ban stays. No one goes in, no one goes out. The tremor in the men's voices exposed their fear, but something inside of Rahab leapt at the possibilities. Could this be her chance for a clean slate? Moses led God's people for 40 years to the wilderness, but Joshua took them across the Jordan River to possess the land given to them by God. But first they had to conquer Jericho, a critical, heavily fortified city and the key to all the land west of the Jordan. So they sent spies ahead to see what they faced. These men met a woman carrying a painful past and an uncertain future. They discovered the prostitute Rahab, the unlikeliest of heroes with uncommon faith. She was stuck in a sinful lifestyle and in a wicked place, both set for destruction. Rahab dreamt of a different life, one where her worth was defined by what God said about her, not by the world. She put herself in grave danger to help the Israelites. Jericho is the place that God intersected her story with grace. It's one of the oldest cities of the world, sitting in the wide plain of the Jordan Valley at the foot of the Judean mountains. 
Jesus passed this place when he healed Bartimaeus of blindness, and that's the place he met Zacchaeus. But thousands of years earlier, an ordinary woman named Rahab lived within Jericho's walls. I want you to imagine a mound nine acres wide, surrounded by a stone wall 12 to 15 feet high. You got it? Then on top of that, a mud brick wall six feet thick and nearly 26 feet high. This was the impossible task the Israelites faced. In a city that was tightly closed up, God found a woman with an open heart. If it wasn't for the fearless faith of a prostitute named Rahab, we might not be reading this story today. Well, who was this improbable heroine? Although some Jewish and Christian writers have tried to assert that she was an innkeeper, the Hebrew word zunah is translated prostitute. She was at the bottom of the social ladder and she was considered less than human. Yet God knew something about her that no one else recognized. Rahab, a Gentile, stood poised to receive both the Israelite people and their God. Moses, the great deliverer, was dead. He led the people to the edge of the promised land, but a new leader, Joshua, carried the charge to take them in. He was a military genius, and he detained the people in the plains of Moab. They halted at the last camping place just east of the Jordan, only three hours from the crossing place, while Joshua sent these two spies ahead to ascertain the task in front of them. Well, they openly declared to the people around them, the Edomites, the Moabites living in that region, that they were seeking a settlement in Canaan. The kings of Sihon and Og had refused to allow them safe passageway, and they were quickly defeated. So as the knowledge of their conquest gained traction throughout the area, the king of Jericho prepared for a siege. This large fortified city sat a mere eight miles from the Jordan River. As fear clenched its grip on Jericho, the king restricted any movement in or out of the city. Joshua secretly sent two spies to investigate the land, especially Jericho, the most important Canaanite fortress in the entire Jordan Valley. This stronghold was a critical conquest for the Israelites and a principal seat of idol worship. The people inside Jericho's walls engaged in vile, degrading behavior, including child sacrifice to honor Ashtaroth, the goddess of the moon, and Ra, the Egyptian sun god. It's here in a wicked city under condemnation that God marvelously interrupted Rahab's story with grace. At first glance, it seems like anything but an ideal circumstance to come to faith, but God is not limited by walls of any kind. She was part of a corrupt culture, but she leveraged a critical asset. She used what she overheard. News of the Israelites' exploits had spread like wildfire through the city. She believed it was too late for Jericho, but now the God she'd heard about stood at her front door in the form of two spies. If you have a Bible or your smartphone, or if you're listening along, if you'd like to, I'm going to be reading out of Joshua chapter two, and you might want to turn there or look it up later when you have a moment. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and enter to your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman who had taken the two men had hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. 
I don't know which they which way they went. So go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But honestly, she had taken them up onto the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies of the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my, my father, my mother, my brother, my sisters, all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return and then go on your way. Now the men had said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your family into this house, if any of them go outside of the house, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell what we are doing, we'll be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given us the whole land. All the people are melting in fear because of us. Listen, not only was she observant, she was prepared for this unexpected divine encounter. With a pull of a thousand distractions and a terrified city against her, she was a determined woman on a mission, and her grit intersected God's grace. She was perceptive, intelligent, and well-informed. Rahab seized the moment presented to her and saw an opportunity to get out. She didn't want to be a part of this culture anymore. She knew that to stay certainly meant death. She ached for a life without shame, without stigma, and without shackles. So with laser focus, she embraced the window given to her to become a follower of Yahweh by welcoming them into her home. She rose above inordinate pressure, putting herself and her family in grave danger to assist the spies. Her belief in God became the impetus for action. See, she could see Israel conquering Jericho. Her faith was ready. All it needed was an opportunity. She remained calm and composed while she dared to brave the fury of the king and her people. Everyone heard about the miracles surrounding the Israelites, but only Rahab believed. James chapter 2 credits Rahab for her courageous faith. He says this, In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did 
when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Not only did she welcome the spies, she lied for them, protected them, and left with them. Rahab knew she was meant for more, and so are you. If she could rise above her past, so can we. If she could crush her fear, so can we. If she could stand up against the depravity of her culture and dare to stand up for God, so can we. Rahab was given a clear directive from the highest office in the land, but with nerves of steel, she stared straight ahead and made a life-altering choice. She lied for the spies. She didn't have to think twice. Her decision, tantamount to treason, was firmly fastened to faith. With a few simple strategic statements, I don't know where they came from, they left. I don't know which way they went, go after them. Rahab began to etch a name for herself in God's book of heroines. She hadn't applied for this job position and she didn't earn it. But she wasn't intimidated by what stood in front of her or shackled by what lie in her past. None of that mattered. She stood out by acting on simple faith that was given space to breathe. Her protection was contingent on her obedience and their plan to spare her involved three requirements. Tie a scarlet rope in your window. Make sure you and your family are inside the house and don't breathe a word of what we're doing. With their lives literally hanging by a thread, a thin scarlet cord became the designated sign of her commitment and cooperation. That scarlet cord represented redemption for a handful of Gentiles, yet it also symbolized a greater deliverance. Threaded throughout the Old Testament is a scarlet cord of scripture, foretelling redemption through Jesus, the Jewish Messiah. He came to hang on Calvary, even as that scarlet cord hung from the window. Through him alone, we can find redemption from sin. It wasn't enough for Rahab to make a promise. She had to put her faith on display for all to see. She fearlessly followed their directions to a T. See, it's not enough for us to just make a promise or to say, Oh God, if you'll get me out of this, I'll serve you. We have to take a stand. Our first step is to hang the scarlet cord on the door of our heart by accepting Christ as our Savior. And if you've never made that decision and you're listening, maybe you just stumbled upon the Make Life Matter podcast, let me just tell you it wasn't by accident. When we choose to say yes to the kindness of God, he will pull us out of our Jericho places that try to drag us toward destruction. And it's a yes that's more than a word. It's a life that demonstrates real faith. Disobedience tries to derail our destiny one choice at a time, but obedience opens the door to opportunity when we give faith space to breathe. For six consecutive days, the Israelite army meticulously followed God's orders, marching around the walls of Jericho by day and camping by night. Don't you wonder what the inhabitants of Jericho thought? After all, this was unlike any military approach anyone had ever seen. With bated breath and barred gates, a city hunkered in fear, except Rahab. Daybreak announced the dawn of the seventh day, and the Israelite army began to circle around the city of Jericho. Not once, not twice, but seven times. And on the seventh time around, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. While everything she knew crumbled around her, 
Rahab stood strong. This seemingly ordinary woman distinguished herself through her extraordinary kindness and faith. She lied for the spies. She protected the spies and she left with the spies. Faith enabled her to turn away from the lure of her culture and turn toward a life of purpose. Rahab's life points us to grace. Grace is the undoing of something old and the unfolding of something new. It is the awareness that God picks us up out of the rubble and leads us to safety. It is the realization that God longs to save us, redeem us, and use us. It is the promise that we will no longer remain paralyzed by our past, but we will walk fearlessly into all that lies ahead. And if we look closely enough, we might just trace Rahab's footsteps. Her story didn't end in the outskirts of a camp. It had only just begun. See, sometimes, no, most times, God's plans don't look anything like ours. This nail-biter of a rescue story was God's design all along. He isn't the tiniest bit intimidated by sin, and he chose a woman who wasn't the tiniest bit intimidated by circumstances. Rahab committed herself to the Israelites before she gained possession of the land. She identified with them when they had nothing but God. She stayed strong while they scrapped every plausible military strategy to implement a plan completely contingent on faith. Her actions became the catalyst that changed the lives of many, and God rewarded her by engrafting her into the Jewish nation. Matthew 1 tells us that she was adopted into the faith as the first Gentile convert. She became the wife of Salmon and the mother of Boaz, which puts her in direct lineage to Jesus. Rahab is praised throughout scripture for her fearless faith, and she's last mentioned in Hebrews. Hebrews 11 contains a list of some of the most remarkable men and women in the Bible. I call it the Hebrews Hall of Faith. Abraham, Moses, Joseph, Moses' parents, and David, just to name a few, are listed here. And there, taking her place alongside other ordinary, courageous heroes is Rahab, Hebrews 11 verse 31 says, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. See, this is what happens when God intersects our story with grace. Rahab let grace tear off the label she had worn. She refused to allow anything to diminish her value to the kingdom of God. No matter what we have done or what has been done to us, nothing can keep God from using us. Nothing can keep God from using you. God will use the worst of circumstances to bring out the best in us. He can heal any wound. He can right any wrong and he can tear off any label. God sees you. Listen, you matter. You are not the identity the world brands on you when you encounter Christ. He removes not only the label that we wear, but he removes the residue stuck to our hearts. He peels off the lies that are affixed to our minds. Labels were made for packages, not people. When we find our identity in Christ and we know who we are in him, we wear a new kind of label, chosen and called and loved. Rahab is a beautiful picture of the relationship between our loving Heavenly Father, and the Bride of Christ. God specializes in rescue, redemption, and restoration. Perhaps someone you love just refuses to tear off a label. Don't give up on them. 
Keep praying, keep reaching out and anticipating walls to fall as you step out in faith. You just never know which lap you're marching on in your journey around Jericho. We too can tear off a new page. When we allow God to excavate the painful places of our lives, we can walk boldly into our calling. We don't have to fear failure. We don't have to fear the future. God is fighting for you. He is going before you. He is making the way straight. And when we least expect it, God intersects our story with grace. And when he does, there is no looking back. We'll take every regret and we'll turn it into fuel. We'll get unstuck from shame and share our story. And we'll watch in awe as our worship tears down walls. And when they fall, we'll shout even louder because we know what it feels like to be free. I want to encourage you to ask yourself this question. You know, the enemy wields three powerful weapons to keep us from moving forward in our calling. And we see all of these in the life of Rahab, shame, insecurity, and anxiety. Any one of those could have paralyzed her. But she teaches us that our past does not have to paralyze our future. I want to just ask you as we end this conversation today that we've had about finding our fearless in Rahab and helping women in Kenya and other places around the world to find their fearless, which tends to trip you up, shame, insecurity, or anxiety? Or maybe you'd say it's more than one of those things. I know I've wrestled with all of those in my life. I want to just encourage you right now, take a moment and say, God, would you intersect these places with grace? I'm going to end today before I pray for you by reading a declaration out of this session of fearless. And maybe you want to just rewind this back and jot this down and, and pray this over yourself over these next few days as you're meditating and chewing on what you've been listening to today. I will no longer struggle with what lies behind me or before me. I will allow grace to tear off every label and give me the strength to share my story. I will not stop praying for those I love, believing that they will see themselves the way God sees them. I will live every day astounded that I am chosen, I am called, and I am loved. Lord, I thank you that our past doesn't have to paralyze our future. I pray for anyone today who's been listening who feels isolated or barricaded behind walls of doubt or disappointment. Thank you that you pull us out of our Jericho places over and over again, and you pull us and propel us into our purpose. Remind us that no matter what we have done or what has been done to us, nothing can keep you from using us. Help us to walk in kindness and let grace tear off the labels we wear in life. Thank you, Jesus, that we can find our identity and worth in you and walk fearlessly into our future. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit AngelaDonatio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at Angela Donatio BOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.